Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you know the drill. Text those questions into 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hi, John. Hey, guys. You feel better about this week? About the Seahawks? Yeah. Well, I wanted to. we wanted to talk to you about that. Oh, okay. What, what, what was your uh, – do you feel like they – hey, man, they really turned things around. They really played a great game. Or do you chalk it up? Because we're getting differing opinions from texters and things oh, and saying, saying it's, you know, listen, they played against a rookie quarterback in the second half. They had a punter out there trying to kick field goals and extra points. What, what was your takeaway? Uh, they turned things around. I mean, maybe not to a major degree. They still have some work to do. I mean, they did not do a good job stopping the run. I mean, let Trey Sermon, uh, you know, have almost a hundred yards, and that that wasn't good. You know, we still have to see on the cornerback front because you know Sidney Jones was way out of position on the seventy-six yard touchdown. But overall, I think what you saw is that uh, you know the 49ers you know allowed the Seahawks to hang in there, and by doing that, the Seahawks were able to bounce back and then get some things going both on offense. And in defense, and I think that was encouraging. I thought Jamal Adams had one of his best games in coverage because he made two big plays, particularly the one at the goal line where he's knocking the ball out and breaking up passes. That was good. And then you can see that there was some good things going on the defensive line, maybe not with the run stopping, but again, they were able to get some pressure on the quarterback. And sure, taking away Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, did help. But again, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's just like the, the, the city just doesn't believe in this team. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this on the city's behalf. That was pretty disturbing. The Minnesota game, I thought, mm-hmm. was one of the worst I've, I've seen the Seahawks in this era just because there were so many errors but you know they and and really there was they weren't quite tightening you know they didn't tighten up until you know I thought the second quarter they were still not dropping to the right zones and you know there was a lot of you know stuff open but then and they gave up 457 yards yeah, of offense. yeah they're still dead last in yardage so yeah they gave up actually you know so now they're giving up 444 last week it was 440 mm-hmm. so but yeah so I I think that there's there's reason for it I don't think it's the talent thing though I think it's that you know, getting guys to the right spots. And you still saw a little bit of a mistake there with Sidney Jones. Do you think, John, if if Trey Flowers is out there and has the game that Sidney Jones had, um, they're probably – I mean, everybody's all over oh, yeah. Trey, right? No doubt. Yeah, so – that's what I thought. Yeah, but I mean, I think the, the big thing is, is that Pete Carroll said last week and some of the players like Jamal Adams says, we'll get this thing fixed. And even though it's not a perfect fix, there's a, still a lot of work to do. You know, and Pete doesn't care about the yards, particularly early in the season when it doesn't necessarily matter. And like, for example, if, thing, if people were questioning the Seahawks right now, and again, you can because it's, it's not a perfect fit. What do you think they're doing in Los Angeles with the Rams? Yeah, you know, John, I was just looking at their numbers. Oh. Yeah, they're 25th against the pass, 27th against in total yards. Yeah. 19th in scoring, 22nd uh, versus the run. They were 1-1-3-1 and in those mm-hmm. four categories last year. Yeah, I mean, dropping from number one to 27, you know, giving up 24.3 points a game. I mean, uh, you know, what is it, 124 yards on the ground they're giving up? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, the defense does not look good. And... Uh, 
Sure, they got an offense that can cover for that, but it sure didn't cover yesterday. You know, when Kyler Murray just you know picked them apart and uh, you know beat them by 17 points when they're at home. I mean, you can make the comparison maybe even a little bit worse that the Ram game was similar to the Vikings game, even though, again, the Vikings were at home, but, uh, you know, it was a bad game. But, I mean, it was even worse for the Rams, particularly being at home. So what, what do you make of the Cardinals? Is this, and it's still, I mean, we're so early into the season, four games. So yeah. are we assuming this is who they are moving forward? Did everybody sleep on the Cardinals? What, what do you feel well, as far as what you've seen so far? I mean, again, they got off to a 6-2 and two start last year and fell down. Mm. So we'll see if they can hold up. But I think what you're looking at is Kyler Murray is now that much better. And so because of that, you know, they're that much better. And uh, defensively, I mean, it's not like they're great. They're kind of middle of the pack on defense as far as what they're doing there, which is kind of a surprise, even though they brought over J.J. Watt and they have Chandler Jones and had a couple draft choices that look pretty good and they have Buda Baker. But uh, overall, I think that uh, they're 4-0 and and right now have put themselves in a position, even though I think most people don't believe it, to be Super Bowl contenders. This is ridiculous. Uh, you look at Kyle, Kyler Murray right now, yeah. 76% mm-hmm. completion percentage. And yeah. what is it, 9.5 yards per attempt? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, how do I know that? You're looking at uh, something on the Internet. No, I'd have the, uh, my cell phone. Oh, phone's database. Up. No, my cell phone's upstairs and uh, the computer's upstairs. Oh. Turned off, as a matter of fact. Your brain? Uh, Just turned off? No, my brain. Oh, my, did, okay. did I pick the 9.5? Yeah. And the 124? No, I guess my brain's it's, okay. It's yards per attempt. Yeah. Average yards per attempt. Per attempt, yeah. It's but nine. 70, it's, 76.1 completion percentage, which is amazing. Yeah. It, it really is. And By so, the way, could, by, could, could you tell I just did a Washington Post column? <laughs> ah, it's fresh in your mind. Yeah. So how much how much does this change your opinion of the team going into the Rams game on Thursday? I mean, it lightens things up a little bit. I mean, I was certainly, like everybody else, concerned because you, know, you watch the beginning of the game and you get the offense getting five three and outs, the defense giving up you know almost 200 yards into the middle of the second quarter, and here's the Seahawks offensively in minus numbers. I mean, it looked pretty bad, but the fact that they could turn it around, and again, it's not I mean, say what you want about the Niners. I mean, they are talented. I mean, they are a playoff caliber team. And sure, it was an adjustment to go in the second half to Trey Lance but, uh, you know, look what they did, even though, again, it was 28 runs and uh, 26 dropbacks for pass. And so, I mean, the numbers, even on the offensive side of the ball, aren't numerous because they're not getting a lot of plays. But, you know, you've got 54 plays and you end up scoring 28 points. That's not bad. Well, and the other thing, too, I think uh, it gets lost is that when you look at the 49ers, you know, if they put mm-hmm. D Ford on the field with Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and Bosa, there's four first rounders there. Yeah. You look on their offensive line, and even though they're older guys, but Alex Mack and, you know, Trent Williams, they got four of the five starters on their offensive line are first rounders. So, I mean, that's that's how they've built that team. So, that that's the thing that I think has carried them. And then you got pieces like Kittle and Yuzchik. By the way, is Kittle made out of rubber? 
Oh, yeah, man, that that they, was unbelievable that he didn't have some kind of an injury. There. I thought mm-hmm. every ligament was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's it's remarkable. The guy is just a great player, and somehow has an ability to stay away from injuries and all those different things. No, that was just amazing because when you saw him go down, that looked bad, but he was able to come back and not hardly miss anything. If you could uh, poach one guy from their team, it's either Kittle, Usechek, or Debo Samuel. Who'd you take? Hmm. I take Kittle. You know who I'd take? Use check. Yeah. I love that guy, man. He is he is such a, a great and they use him on special teams mm-hmm. and did you see he was the holder? He was the long snapper, yeah. I mean he was a holder, yeah, you're yeah. right about that. For uh is it Wishnow? What was the name of the Wischnowski. Yeah. Wischnowski, yeah. So. <laughs> that was what a mess for them. No kicker. They yeah. he's out there missing extra points and field goal attempts and yeah, they're, so as far as Garoppolo, and I just saw a little crawl on the screen there. It says it's, he's possible to play yeah. this Sunday. I didn't. I didn't see where he got in. I don't recall yeah. seeing him limp in the first half or a hit mm-hmm. where it, it, it. That just kind of was he dealing with something before the game? No, no. It seemed like I don't know when it was. Some people thought it was in the first quarter. Some people thought it was before the half. But I guess somebody stepped on his foot, and that got the calf active uh, irritated, mm. and so you know. Because uh, I know uh, that was the stunning thing because, fortunately, uh, you know, the 49ers are one of the best teams in football to keep you updated on injuries. And, obviously, I'm doing the 49er sideline from home. And so, you know, we were naturally checking on Alex Mack. You know, he had the hand injury right before the half. And all of a sudden, you know, they send me the text saying Alex Mack has a hand injury, questionable. And he ended up coming back and playing just about all the third quarter in the second half. But then, then they also had Jimmy Garoppolo there as questionable with the half it's like ooh, where'd that come from yeah i saw him hand the ball off because when i went back and watched the second time uh and was kind of looking yeah. for it and you could see him kind of limping just a little bit but nothing nothing major so yeah and uh as far as uh what do you think john about uh penny and lj collier i mean lj collier was a healthy scratch again as far as their their actives mm-hmm. and the injury situation, Gerald Everett, how's the health going into this game in the short week? Well, I mean, there's a lot of questions for, I think, both teams. But, you know, let's put it this way. I've said this since the early part of camp. Alex Collins should be the backup. And if, if he didn't prove it yesterday, I don't know what anybody's thinking on this team because he's run like this, you know, both with running and pass catching the entire summer. And so it's like, what are we waiting for? I mean, that's why I was stunned in week one that they, you know, not that they went with Penny because obviously he's a former first round pick, but they had Alex Collins inactive. So you kidding me? And so it's like, uh, then after that, you know, Penny gets hurt. Now he's on injured reserve. So you're not going to see him now for three weeks. Uh, So that's not, uh, that's not good. But I think now Collins has to establish himself as the backup running back. Because again, you know, what did he have? Two catches for 34 yards. I mean, he had uh, over four yards of carry. I mean, he looked good. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, he looked on a day where nobody had eye-popping numbers. You look at the box score, if you didn't watch the game, you're going, man, that was kind of a kind of a limp day out there. There wasn't, you know, I mean, Russell, 149 yards and 44 yards was your leading rusher. And, mm-hmm. you know, but there there were, it was it was so timely. It just seemed like yeah. every big play just, it, it happened when it had to happen. And, and uh, another thing that we brought up earlier in talking to Bumpus, I think, you know, seeing DK Metcalf, he, another guy you look at the box score and go yeah four catches on eight targets had a touchdown but not not a huge day he, he's been much more to himself he's been much more reserved which I think serves him him and the and the team decidedly better 
No doubt. And I think the big thing was, it's like, hey, how your numbers are going to be good when you start a game out with five three and outs, right? When 15 of your 56 plays were three and outs into the second quarter. I mean, you're not playing a whole game. And so <clears throat> what they had minus yards in those 15 plays, they didn't have a first down. They didn't even have a good play. And so it's like, you know, your numbers are going to be down. And of course, uh, you know, the 49ers just hogged the ball and ran it and passed it and did all those different things. So it was different, but you know, at least they were able to hang in there. And of course the uh, 49ers, you know, set themselves up where they, you know, they didn't run away with it and gave the Seahawks a chance to come back. All right, John, which uh, 0-4 team is worse, the kneecap biters in Detroit or the Jaguars? The, the Jaguars. The fighting Urban Myers. Yeah, well, the lap dance Urban Myers. Oh, what's this, John? You, you knew it was coming. What are yet. you talking about? Jeez. I have no idea. I know. How what, about- what is it? What well, happened, the, John? Well, what happened is I guess he stayed over and uh, you know after the Thursday night game and went to some kind of a party. And so all of a sudden, uh, how this happened, we don't know. But a girl came over and gave him a lap dance right by the bar. And so uh, that looked pretty bad. And I think there's a second video. I've not been able to see that video yet, but uh, it looks bad. I mean, again, you know. I'm assuming this was his wife? Uh, no. Oh. Okay. It was not his wife. Right. His wife, uh, in fact, his wife was actually stayed over, but she wasn't at the party. Because can you imagine his wife seeing the lap dance? I mean, that would not go over too well. Yeah, that, I'm just it's, gonna, ba- it's bad enough that, that I don't know her. I don't know this woman. Um, yeah. and I'm just going to go out on a on a limb and say that it would it would probably be disturbing to her. I would think so. Yeah, but again, does this show you that this guy doesn't have any idea what it's like in the National Football League? I mean, first off, if you're the head coach of the team, are you really staying over and taking a couple days off like that? I mean, you would come home, look at the film, judge that, and then start preparing for next week's game. Mm -hmm. Did he do that? No, he got a lap dance. (laughs) Admit it, John. This made you happy. You saw the story, and you just were smiling ear to ear. Yeah. I mean, it's like, (laughs) how can you not? It's like, I mean, it, it continues to prove how bad it is. Now, Detroit's horrible. We understand that. But, uh, you know, th- this thing is just a total and a complete disaster down in Jacksonville. I mean, what is it now? 19 games they've lost in a row. They're 0-4. They can't get anything going. Sure, they had a close game. Lost by three points uh, on, uh, you know, on Thursday night with Cincinnati. But uh, they're, they're bad. I mean, again, they only won one game last year. And the way they're going, I mean, they probably will win a little bit more than one. But how many more with this coach? What, what kind of slack? does he have because nobody expected them to be good this year so it's hard to mm-hmm. say they're a disappointment so what do you think he's got assuming he stays wants yeah. to stay how many how much time does he get to turn this around do you think well i mean they should fire him uh after the season but uh he's got nine million reasons to be able to stay on because if you fire him he's got a multi-year deal with a lot of money and you have to eat a lot of money if you're going to be uh, shod khan the owner of the team and do you really want to do that now for the fans sake they should do it because this guy's terrible but right now no well, and like you said, John, so he, they have a Thursday night game. Yeah. You get a chance to head back and get a jump on the next week, and he stays behind, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I've heard of players doing that or, you know, getting in trouble during. But, man, the head coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. Getting lap dances? It's, it's really. Well, for a, particularly a guy that went really, to the University of Cincinnati. I mean, well, he's a Cincinnati native. Right. And so it's like, uh, so I don't know. I mean, do you get the feeling there may have been more lap dances in his life? 
I have no idea because I, I don't know Urban Meyer the person. I just look at Urban Meyer the coach. And again, it's not that I don't like this guy. It's just that hmm. college coaches with no NFL experience don't know what they don't know. They don't know the NFL talent. Usually if you get a college coach that comes up, he's going to get more personnel authority than uh, you would anticipate, which, of course, ended up happening. And you can see some of the roster mistakes that they made. And by the way, how about Tim Tebow? How about him? What, what, what happened? What, is he back on the team? No. Okay, what happened with Tim uh, Tebow? Tim Tebow is now saying he's being blackballed because he's so religious. Huh. Blackballed by who? The NFL. Yeah. <laughs> he's being blackballed because he's so religious. I'm going to guess he's not the only religious individual in the NFL or former religious individual. Isn't there some guy named Derek Carr that's playing tonight for the Raiders? He's yeah. very religious. Well, I think Russell's a pretty religious fella, yeah, too. Russell's, and, Russell's yeah, Russell's religious. Uh, I just don't, I don't think that anybody gets blackballed from the NFL, just in general. No. I don't care what side of it you are on. These owners will sell their own mothers to get a Super Bowl uh, trophy. So mm-hmm. just... Yeah, no matter what it is that somebody says they're being blackballed for, to me, it's ridiculous. Do you think it's because mainly <coughs> he's a, a bad NFL quarterback that uh, <coughs> tried to come out after nine years of being away from the game <coughs> and tried to play tight end <coughs> and looked bad? You need some water, John? You all right? <clears throat> yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, that, that's Not weird. good. Not good. I, I hadn't heard that. I didn't know he was... <laughs> saying that it's yeah a, he's, it, he's being blackballed it's a silly statement hey did you see i did see that uh, john harbaugh and, and lamar jackson are not happy about the calls they're not getting uh pointing out uh jackson hasn't gotten a roughing the passer penalty since december of 2019 that's a mm-hmm. stretch of 600 dropbacks for jackson without a roughing call and you know they asked harbaugh about it and he's saying all quarterbacks should be treated the same i don't think any quarterback should be judged any differently in terms of how they're protected I feel like we heard this about Cam Newton as well, that he didn't get a lot of calls. Do you feel like there's something to this complaint from the Ravens? Probably is because I get the idea that uh, if you're going to be a running quarterback, you're not going to get the breaks that a uh, pocket passer or even a rollout quarterback is going to get. So I think that's all part of the equation. And so I think there is something to it. But also, when you're talking about complaints, did you hear the ones from the Denver Broncos? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, so now uh, they thought, and you know what, uh, you know Vic Fangio did is that he sent in film, specific film last week, of late hits on offensive players that he thought should be uh, penalties. Okay, and so uh, all of a sudden, you know, the hit that I think gave the concussion to Teddy Bridgewater, he thought there should have been a penalty there, and then one of his wide receivers got hit, and he thought there should be a penalty there. Then, of course, after the game, he was complaining about the idea that here's John Harbaugh who comes back instead of trying to, uh, you know, take the take the last play and kneel, you know, throwing into the end zone, trying to get a touchdown. John, it's the NFL. How in the world do the Jets beat the Titans? Mm. And by the way, Derrick Henry, what does he have, like 515 yards now? But, yeah, what it? Well, when your top two receivers are out, that causes a problem. Because, you know, they didn't have uh, Jones, they didn't have Brown, you know, Julio sat out with an injury, uh, you know, they're still shaky at the tight end position, you know, all they had was the running game, and that just wasn't good enough, but I'm just stunned, I mean, this is a bad Jet team, and, you know, again, one of the, one of the problems that they have on defense is that, and didn't, Seahawks didn't take advantage of it, uh, is how bad they are on third down, and so uh, even, you know, here's, you know, uh, Wilson, 
you know, out there passing and doing some good things on third down. And so that, I think, shocked everybody. But Zach Wilson had a reasonably okay game, even though they don't have a running back pretty much. And, you know, their defense did a good job. But it was just stunning to see that the Jets end up beating the Titans. John, this from the 206 says, J.C., I'm going to bet the last amount of money I have on Thursday night's game. I only need to know who's going to win without a caveat. Mm -hmm. Is it the Hawks or the Rams? A clear-cut, firm prediction, please. Thanks. Uh, i got to see how the injury report goes this week. (laughs) He throws out the caveat. Yeah, it's like, like, you know... Uh. I, I'm not a predictor, okay? But, uh, you know, I, I would lean toward the Seahawks, you know, because right now, the, as we talked about, the Rams' defense is right now 27th in the league. They're giving up 50% on third-down conversions, and it's kind of baffling to see where they are without Brandon Staley and where they are on defense. You know, offensively, you know they're going to be tight and tough and good, you know, but now the Rams are in that bounce-back position after losing 17 points to the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of Brandon Staley, uh, Chargers tonight, 2-1, and one, Raiders 3-0. and oh. You getting any kind of, first of all, any uh, injury updates from this game, John? And well, John, Josh Jacobs looks like he's going to be able to play, okay. so that's that's encouraging. And, uh, you know, other than that, I think both teams are in reasonably good shape, although Raiders, you know, they carry over every week a whole bunch of injuries, so that's, that's questionable. But uh, in the end, I think it's going to be a good game because, I mean, one of these two teams is going to emerge, and you can say, hey, Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl contender. And right now you would lean toward the Raiders just because, you know, Derek Carr is averaging 405 yards passing a game. But Justin Herbert is right up there, too, and looks great. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. All right, if you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, Michael Bumpus will join us for an inside look at what went right and what the Seahawks can build on. That is coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.